It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson and thrilled to have as our next guest Chris Steyerwalt. Uh, Chris is the uh, contributing editor at The Dispatch, resident fellow at AEI, American Enterprise Institute. Uh, before that, most of you know he was Fox News political edit- editor for more than a decade, and he is still the quickest wit in Washington. And uh, great to have him on the show today. Chris, how are you doing? I don't like those high expectations. I would rather you set the bar a little lower for me to make it easier to surmount. Well, well, here I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give the audience uh, one of my best staffing moves ever as a chief of staff was to uh, Washington Reagan. We're moving through, getting ready to go through security, and you were standing uh, in front of the senator and I, and I noticed that you still had your IFB wire attached to the back of your jacket, <laughs> and you were about to walk oh, through security, and so I saved you. So there you go. We'll lower the expectations. Thank you for way. helping me from my obliviousness. <laughs> I, I am obliged. Uh, you wrote a great piece uh, talking about one of the things we try to do on this show, Chris, is we're, we're trying to make federalism sexy again. Uh, and you actually wrote mm-hmm. a great piece in the dispatch about federalism and about some of the challenges with some of the bigger states and how uh, federalism gone bad uh, can be just as bad as big government. Yeah, I think one of the one of the problems that we have, federalism is great. I compared it to bacon. I love bacon. Bacon is wonderful and delicious, but I don't want bacon ice cream and I don't want bacon scented uh, antiperspirant deodorant. These are these are misapplications of a good thing. And people, what federalism has turned into, so it's the laboratory of the states concept, which uh, came about, which was a progressive innovation uh, from Justice uh, Louis Brandeis and others in the 20s and 30s, was, you know, this is great. The states can do things the federal government can't do constitutionally. We'll give the states more latitude to try stuff out. And what works will work and be copied in other places. And that's good so far as it goes. Vertical federalism, the purpose of the of the Tenth Amendment, the purpose of the concept of federalism in our republic is vertical federalism. It's from the states to the government. It's for the states to be able to resist the government, for the states to have autonomy from the federal government to a degree, and all of that stuff. What we do a lot of now is horizontal federalism, right. where states look for ways to impel other states, the citizens in other states, to live a certain way or do a certain thing. Um, we all know how California likes to throw its weight around when it comes to being the seventh largest, if it were a, a, a nation all its own, being the seventh largest, uh, would be the seventh largest economy in the world. So California likes to use that uh, to try to pursue progressive goals with uh, manufacturers and others, even if it is at odds with what the federal government does. So in that way, they can set policy for the whole country. Uh, and now we have Florida trying to do the same thing with Internet regulations. They want to put speech codes on uh, social media. And it's not like if you're the third largest state with 26 million residents that Facebook is going to turn off. If this were to become the law, that Facebook is going to turn off Florida. Uh, what instead that would do, it would be setting a standard for the rest of the country. So that's horizontal federalism 
and not healthy and not good. Yeah, and that's uh, that is the challenge. I'm going to have to come back and take you to task on the bacon issue. I I am part of a uh, a secret society that is committed to all things bacon, but we'll we'll save that debate for uh, Oh, not bacon ice cream. You would never say bacon ice cream. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll certainly do... not bacon deodorant. <laughs> not deodorant. I definitely I would stop at bacon deodorant, but short of that, I'm okay. I'm not sure there are a lot of Ooh. limits to bacon the bacon goodness. <laughs> uh, have you ever played the game? There's a great game you can play, and maybe this will figure this out with federalism too. But the game you can play is name a thing that couldn't be improved by either bacon or chocolate, oh. and you will have a hard time finding something that couldn't be made better by one of those two. Okay, we're gonna have you back for another show, and we'll do, we're gonna go all in on all things bacon and chocolate because that is uh, our there you expertise. Go. Well, let's let's drill down on this a little bit more because you you, you do this critical point of. Things that are happening in California suddenly are impacting the price of a, of a washing machine bought in Kentucky or somewhere else in the country. Uh, and it also gets into a, just a really wacky world in terms of if, if things are being decided in Tallahassee or uh, in uh, the legislature in California, uh, then suddenly these smaller states are going to be dealing with things, again, probably even worse than just the big national government. Uh, we, we've got a whole new kind of federalism that could be really troublesome. Yeah, and you know we're already acquainted with the concept of things being legal but not constitutional. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's a lot of things that the government does uh, or governments do that wouldn't be constitutional in a strict sense, but over time the standards change and and are eroded in the law. And you, there's lots of things that that people do that are legal but not constitutional. So it's not a question of whether or not California can or Florida can uh, use their market power to try to change these things. It's whether it's a, it's, this isn't a can question. This is a should question. Is this really how we want federalism to work? Is this really how we want this to happen? Because the truth is, let's take the interstate compact that is uh, taking place right now where states are trying to hack the electoral college. Mm -hmm. So if enough states get together that have 270 electoral votes, they're passing legislation that binds them unto another to say that if, they hit that magic number, then they will agree to give all their electoral votes to the winner of the national popular vote. This is, a, I think it would be would be laughed out of the Supreme Court. I think it's a preposterous idea. But the the intent here is states colluding together to undercut the Constitution, to defeat what the Constitution says. And that's not right. And that is a dangerous trend. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, one that we can really only defeat when Americans get back to amending the Constitution and back to getting serious about treating the Constitution like a real thing. If you want to get rid of the Electoral College, go for it. But you have to do it through constitutional amendment. If you want to change the Second Amendment, go do that. But stop trying to hack it. And very often we see attorneys generals and states, people on that level, trying to band together to hack our constitutional protected liberties. Uh, So important. And uh, again, that all important just because you can does not mean you should uh, and making sure mm-hmm. that the process uh, does matter. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got Chris Steyerwald on the line with us. Uh, and, Scott, just as we close out here, uh, you also had one great example of where this horizontal federalism can go south, uh, and that was with the lawsuit uh, from the Texas Attorney General trying to overturn Pennsylvania's 2020 election result. Well, you know, the, the sort of the best thing I can say about that lawsuit was that the people who supported it were being disingenuous, right? That that was the lawsuit. It, it became the vehicle by which Ted Cruz and Kevin McCarthy and a bunch of other people said that this was how they would try to pay lip service to Trump's efforts to steal the election. 
And they were able to do so, securing the knowledge that the Supreme Court would do it did and say this is absurd. Texas doesn't have the ability to sue Pennsylvania for how Pennsylvania operates its elections. There's no way. But think about the thinking there, right? The thinking there that somehow Texas would have the authority to tell Pennsylvania how to run its elections. And then you take it one step further and you look at the uh, H.R. 1, the legislation in the House, that would basically federalize elections and take this power away from the states. And we see how at every turn in every way, the real concept of state sovereignty, the real concepts of the fundamental building blocks of the republic, these united states are under assault from the left and the right all the time. And very few of us, and I know you're included in this list, very few of us are out there to say, hold on a second. Uh, we got to protect the institutions. We've got to protect this system and not just use it to try to achieve short-term political ends. Yeah, and absolutely. The, it, and it is the left and the right uh, that are willing to uh, disregard the system uh, to, to get those short-term gains. Uh, great insight, as always. Chris Steyerwalt, uh, editor of The Dispatch, resident fellow at uh, AEI, of course, former Fox News political editor, and uh, I'm still going to say quickest wit in Washington and one of the great thinkers uh, in our country in terms of getting things right and doing it the right way. And, uh, Chris, we will have you back for the great bacon debate. How's that? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel highly praised and flattered here, but I have to remember it's coming from a guy who would eat bacon ice cream. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, thanks, Chris. All the best. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick uh, bottom-of-the-hour break. When we come back, we're going to pick up our conversation, and uh, we're going to talk to Anthony Markham, uh, talking about Congress needing to reassert its authority uh, when it comes to the war powers. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.